Welcome to the Blue Coats Brass Podcast. This week's episode is taken from our recent live webinar from the DCI Summer of Learning, sponsored by Marching Arts Education. We've got two former and one current drum major from the Blue Coats discussing what it's like to be a drum major in DCI. But before we get to that, we've now made it to the finals of our best Blue Coats Ballad Contest. So after several thousand votes since we began this contest, we are down to the final two ballads. We've got 2014's Hymn of Axiom going up against 2016's Great Gig in the Sky. And remember that whichever ballad wins, it will become one of our encore tunes when we're finally able to return to the field. So one thing that's a little different this round of voting is that we're allowing you to vote as often as you'd like. We've removed the one vote limit so you no longer need to log in with your Google account. We've also extended the voting period so that it will end at 10 p.m. Eastern on Saturday, August 8th, which would have been right around the same time that DCI Finals performances would have been wrapped up if we were on tour this summer. You can go to bluco.at slash balladfinals to vote, or you can click on the link in the episode description, or you can go to our podcast webpage at bluecoats.com slash podcast. And again, don't forget that you can vote as many times as you would like in this round. All right, so let's get into this week's episode with Willie Veenstra, who was a Blue Coats drum major from 2013 to 2015, Peyton Grunsky, who was a Blue Coats drum major in 2018 and 2019, and David Davenport, who was a drum major in 2019 and 2020. Today's episode, we're just going to be discussing what it's like to be a drum major in DCI. And as Tim mentioned, we have uh, three celebrity drum majors here. And so we're really excited to have them with Willie and Peyton and David. And we're just going to kind of jump right in about, you know, different topics on how you get to be a drum major, different responsibilities, how they handle the pressure, all the different things about that. And as Tim also mentioned, if you have any questions, please feel free to just type anything. And if we got time at the end, we'll try and get to that. So uh, let's just start. Can each one of you just sort of tell us a little bit about your marching or conducting experience? Uh, my name is Willie Veenstra. I was obviously a member of high school marching band. I played trumpet in my high school marching band. I was drum major for my senior year and auditioned for the Blue Coats. I marched trumpet in 2011 and 12, and then 13, for some reason, they decided they wanted me to flap my hands in front of the drum corps. So I was drum major from 2013 all the way to 2015, at which time I transitioned into a role on the visual staff. I have been on the visual staff ever since, and I'm now serving as the visual staff coordinator for the Blue Coats in the coming years. I was in high school marching band as well. I played clarinet uh, for my first two years, and then I was a drum major for my junior and senior year in high school. When I went to college, I was in marching band there. I tried playing mellophone and was not that good at it. So I decided to continue with my drum major uh, experience, and I marched with River City Rhythm as a drum major in 2017, and then I was a conductor with the Blue Coats in 2018, and then went on to be drum major uh, in 2019. Yeah, cool. So um, I marched high school as an alto sax player, and for indoor, I marched cymbals. So those were the two I marched. But conducting a drum major-wise, I started off as drum major in high school, from there, I did DCA in 2017, where I was with Carolina Gold, Drum and Bugle Corps. Now, currently going into my third year as drum major for my university with the Christopher Newport University Marching Captains. <laughs> and I am did Blue Coats in 2019 as a conductor, and I'm currently one of the drum majors for the 2020-2021 season. 
Awesome. So Willie, you said, you know, you were just kind of, they chose you as, as drum major. And then, you know, uh, with both Peyton and David, you're both woodwind players and I'm actually a woodwind player as well. And, but you decided, you know, at some point you decided, you know, I'd like to be a drum major in DCI. What was it that, that made each of you want to become a drum major in DCI? Actually, I remember this so specifically when I decided, okay, this is this is the route I want to take. In uh, 2011, my first year, it was the Atlanta Regional, and it was at the the old Mercedes-Benz Stadium before they tore it all down, and now we have the the brand new stadium. And I was sitting on the curb after the show, and we had sung "Creep" in the parking lot before that show, and it was such a, a moving experience. And I think the the YouTube video is actually out there of us singing it overlaid with all these cool things but i remember being so connected with the core and thinking great this is this is a family to me this is this is where i want to be and if i can do anything i can to help this group get to the next level and and be whatever this group needs me to be i want to do that and i remember the exact parking lot and the exact uh what parking curb i was sitting on as i called my mom and dad and told them that i was like mom i, I love this thank you so much for letting me do this I want to do whatever I can for this drum corps. And then I decided that that role was going to be a drum major or, or the drum corps decided that that role was going to be drum major for me. So awesome. Obviously I mentioned that I tried learning a brass instrument and I applaud any woodwind player who can get their brass playing to that caliber because as every high school marching band kid knows watching drum corps and seeing the things that they accomplish is so exciting and invigorating and I think a lot of people have this feeling of man I want to be a part of that and I definitely had that and when I kind of decided that maybe going the brass route wasn't going to be for me I was like well I have one other skill that I can capitalize on with my drum major experience and being a drum major is like a very special role within the ensemble so it was definitely something that I had already enjoyed so being able to take it to the next level by doing it in drum corps was I mean, it was more of a dream come true than like a goal that I really set for myself. Awesome. What about you, David? Cool. Yeah. So for me, I specifically remember the day I wanted to pursue being a drum major in DCI. And that's when for my high school, they sent us to a drum major camp. But this camp was one of the Phantom Regiment drum major camps. So there you're able to hang with the core. You're able to meet the drum majors, you know, watch the rehearsals, get a, be involved. But every camp they get to pick a person to conduct the brass line that year i conducted elsa's procession to the cathedral and let me tell you that moment right there i was like okay i gotta do this like this is something i need to do so from there from then on i kind of like made that my goal to want to hopefully one day um take the field with my own core so what was the audition process like for you all i think i've auditioned at a few different places and been a part of auditions but at blue coat specifically when i auditioned it was very much if you had connections with someone in the core and they like knew you and like thought that you would be a qualified candidate they would invite you to a camp um, and when i auditioned specifically i was the only auditionee at the camp who was invited to be there so it wasn't necessarily that i was competing with other people but i was just the whole time like I need to show them that I am very capable and qualified to do this. So it wasn't a super, I obviously had to prepare some conducting to show. I made a video before they were inviting me to the camp, but it wasn't a very 
laid out audition process at the time. I think it was just more of they took a look at me as a holistic person and decided that I'd be a good fit. I know then since then it has changed a little bit and I bet David can talk more about that. Yeah, so every drum corps has a, a different audition process. Um, some in, auditions are really interactive with the corps itself and others it's like its own entity within the camp you're attending. It's a big learning process, but at least Blue, which I'm sure Willie will talk about later, you know, how it's changed currently. My year was probably the first year they've kind of brought multiple people in as a, a mini audition camp, if that makes sense. So you had to be invited. You, you had to send in a video first so they could see what your hands look like, at least over video. And then if they thought you had potential, they would um, invite you to the camp. <laughs> um, but what I love about Blue Coats is, for my audition anyway, is they kind of threw you into the fire. So you kind of like had to act as a drum major through the camp. You like ran Met, you conducted the brass line, ran rehearsal. Um, they really wanted to see what you were like under the pressure and how you came back from like mistakes and stuff. Going through those auditions and my previous auditions before Blue, it really prepared me for the Blue Coats audition really well, even though you couldn't really prepare for the Blue Coats audition because it wasn't like a you conducted to a video. It wasn't really all that. You just they saw what you were like under pressure. Overall, my experience was pretty positive. My mentality was I'm just going to do and use the tools I know to, you know, be the best, be the best at my job as I can be. Did you even have to audition back in the day, Willie? Uh, I was just thinking back on that and thinking I never would have to say this phrase, but back in my day, when we auditioned, uh, there was an actual audition process. And in, in 2012, the year before I actually auditioned, the, the drum major of that year came to me and said, hey, they are looking at you to be the next drum major just to give you an idea. And people had started talking to me. And the audition process for me was uh, the percussion caption head and one other came down to the, the basement where we hold our auditions for Blue Coats at Glenwood Middle School, which in itself is sort of a, a cold, dark room that's already intimidating. And uh, I conducted for a little bit, and then they had me do a couple rhythmic clapping and marking time exercises. And I was terrible. I was so bad at it that they came out an hour later and got in front of the entire drum corps and said, does anyone know how to conduct? And I sat there was like, oh man, I was that bad, wasn't I? And it was, I was, I was going over my head over and over and over again. And I, I eventually went back to the percussion caption head and supervisor that year said, hey, I know I was bad. I am, I am a poor, lowly horn line member. I'm not good with rhythms. Let me try again. I promised you I can prove that I, I can do this. And I was able to get through it well enough where they're like, all right, we'll, we'll let you do it. And much like Peyton and, and David said, there was a portion where I had to conduct in front of the drum corps to get that live feedback to see how I could react to a live ensemble. But other than that, there was there was not a lot. It was all about rhythms and all about your actual conducting in front of a group. So Peyton, as as a woodwind player, and I guess David with you too, did you find it challenging to get into DCI because of the fact you hadn't either marched before or or that you even play a brass instrument? I would say it was easier for me to become a DCI drum major than to try to get into DCI another way because I had more experience as a drum major than I did playing a brass instrument. And especially at cores where they have possibly open auditions, they don't just audition from people who have marched with that core. 
or they do it like by invite only auditions, then I feel like they're pretty not biased towards woodwind players, which is nice. So I didn't think it was a huge barrier to becoming a DCI drum major. I agree 100% everything. Awesome. So based on your experience so far, I mean, the main thing we've talked about so far is conducting, but there's obviously a lot more to the job that we'll get to. And based on your experiences as drum majors for multiple years, what would you do as an audition process if you were the person and said, hey, put together an audition process to be a drum major in DCI? What what would things consist of for you? I love I love what Peyton and, and David bring to the table and, and by no means like there's obviously different ways to to get to any solution. I think that something that helped me as a drum major was being in the drum corps and being able to to interact and sort of be in the trenches with the members. And so something that I have always looked at, especially helpful in high school settings, is looking at the members' interactions with that person over a, a time span. So it's not really, it's like sort of the intangibles that come with, with a drum major, how well they relate to the members, how well they go out of their way at maybe a meal break or in, in between rehearsals to, to talk to the members, to get to know those members and build those relationships so that their leadership rests on top of that, so that they can uh, go back on that relationship to sort of motivate the members and get them to do what they need them to do get them to do what they need to do through the course of the season. Yeah, Willie brings up a good point because at Blue, when you do audition for the first time, you're auditioning for a conductor position, essentially. Um, now, that's how it works. And then the following year, you can possibly be a drum major the following year. Um, the reason they do this is to help with like going into a new season. You don't know the core as well, you know, so you take that year to really grow. Um, into that drum major position so you it, it's easier to you you kind of know how everything works it makes your job a lot easier so with the, an audition process I really like what Blue Coats does putting people out there because honestly I've seen a lot of auditions where you can conduct to a recording people can do that all day long you know you're not in front of a live ensemble there's a lot more factors when that happens and really seeing how people work under pressure because essentially that's what they're going to be doing in the start of the season when they start with the ensemble, the core. Um, so I would definitely keep it like making them do the job at the camp to just see how how they're interacting with members, how they're interacting in a rehearsal setting, out of the rehearsal setting, just seeing what they're like as a person there at the audition camp. Having been at Blue Coats, when we decided to do more of an audition process, like from the my first year to my second year, which is when we contracted David, um, and then I also was a part of the RCR uh, drum major audition this past year. I think that is like one key thing that you can include. I also think it's important, besides the obvious watching them conduct and talking to them about leadership concepts, working with them and giving them feedback and seeing how they respond to feedback. That's similar with any audition. I'm sure you do that in the brass world as well and the visual, uh, Willie. So I think that's something that maybe is overlooked with the drum major a lot, but we do get feedback and we have to work on things throughout the season. So it's important to see how they handle situations like that as well. Awesome. So let's get into the, all of the other things uh, now. And so what does a, a normal day, we'll just say on tour, what does a normal day on tour look like for a DCI drum major? You wake up before everybody else and you wake them up <laughs> and then, I think 
really what you're doing as a drum major for the most part, besides your responsibilities in rehearsal, is you're also trying to make sure that everyone else has the things that they need to do their job well. So in the mornings, like you're eating breakfast quickly so that you can get all the stuff ready for the first block. And then you're in the first block and then you make sure everyone can get to lunch and everyone's set up for the next block, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a lot of running around and trying to be proactive uh, so that all the other members and staff don't have to think about the things that are needed to make rehearsal run smoothly. That's like a big part of it. Right. That, that proactivity is, is key. As drum major, I always felt like I was looking for places where things could go wrong and assuming that if they were going to go wrong, that responsibility laid on me. So I was always constantly looking for where we could be more efficient. For example, if, if we were going to a housing site and we were getting closer to the housing site, I was always at the front of the bus looking at the map as we got closer and setting an alarm for 30 minutes before. Therefore, once we got close, I could contact the, the building supervisor that was always on our contact sheets to say, okay, great. I called them. Hey, we're 30 minutes out. These kids are really sleepy. We're going to want to get it as soon as we possibly can. Where should we enter? What's the best way to get to the school? Is there anything you need from us to do? And so that they would know, okay, great. Let me be there when they get there. And so that the members could get as much sleep as they possibly can. Little things like that trying to find those daily things and making sure that the drum corps runs efficiently is, is really what being drum major is all about in my brain for, at least for DCI groups. Yeah, Peyton really said a lot of good stuff. Um, it's basically proactive, being proactive, being prepared, and also communication. A lot of it is like communicating, making sure everyone's on the same page with things at all times um, and doing what you can to mitigate any problems that are potentially gonna occur. So what percentage of the of the job do you think is actually conducting? <laughs> like 10. 10, 20. Yeah, it's like. I was going to say 25. I was going to say, yeah, 20. Yeah, at, our, at, at the level that Blue Coats performs at, I would say a good 25% because you got to be pretty strong on the other side of things as well. You could argue 50-50 if you wanted to, but leadership and stuff wise at 25%. Yeah, the, the leadership, management, organization, communication, all those other things um, seem like they're a, a much higher, they're just, a, it's a lot more important than just flapping your arms. But if, if you're not in time, you're in a lot of trouble as well. And if you don't know the score and who's where and where to look and how to anticipate and all of those things. So next then, what, do you, what would each of you say is the hardest part about being a drum major in DCI? I would say, I guess, anything goes wrong you're the person to take all the heat um, and that can it, it can be difficult if you can find ways to like allow find ways to have like your own I don't know how to describe this so it's like it can be stressful and it can be a lot of weight on your shoulders at times because you know you're the person who makes sure everything is right and when something's wrong it's usually something you could, probably could have done to fix it um, and it's just learning how to find ways to relieve that stress I don't know do you guys have something Peyton Willie yeah, I think for, for me, the hardest thing was what David was saying is twofold. It's you're literally on a pedestal all day long and where uh, a horn line member or a flag or a rifle or whatever might miss their dot by a couple inches. No one will see that really. But if the drum major messes up instantly, all 150 members on the field know what's going on. And you're, you're and these are your friends. Like these are the people that you eat, sleep and, and bleed with all the time. And so they're looking at you and if you mess up it, it's on you 
And the second half of that is knowing that you are in a role that sometimes has to make the hard decision that might not always be the popular decision. Whether you are going to decide, okay, we need to do this, 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 so that the props are on time, so that the buses leave on time, and it's not gonna make you the most liked person in the world. But because it's your job, and because you are in that role to get the drum corps down the road, you have to make those decisions to do that job. And so there are many times when I was drum major where I knew there was gonna be a certain reaction from the drum corps that wasn't always gonna be positive. And so sort of mitigating and going between those two things was, was really hard. Yeah, it's just a lot of pressure coming at you from all different areas members, staff, logistics, everyone. How often do you get conflicting information from the staff? All the time. <laughs> no, especially at Blue Coats, I think the, the staff does a really good job about, um, and Bob knows this uh, just as well, we have meetings, especially during spring training, every single day during lunch. And we have this giant whiteboard that says, okay, who's going where, who's going where, who's going where. And we use a uh, information system called Slack. It's like technically sort of like group me, but there's a bunch of different groups that you can make within that. And so the Blue Coats are really good about sending Slacks out to all the brass performers or all the drum majors or the conductors and all this stuff and sort of sending it out. But there are all those, there are those fun times when you get one head saying, hey, we need the props on this field, but another head is saying, but we need them over here. And you say, well, I can cut them in half if you want. And then you don't know where they should go at all. <laughs> So, you know, we talked about some of the hard stuff, but th there's another side as well. And so what are some of the, the perks about being a drum major? I just feel extra cool when I'm like on the podium, you know, it just feels good. Like when you when you turn around at the end, especially at the end of a show, it's like rewarding, but like all that hard work and all that, like those tough times you go through as a drum major, it like doesn't matter at all ever because you like turn around and you're just like, ah, oh, it's it's such a, a heartwarming it's an indescribable feeling, but that's just one of the things I love. It's just that. I feel like every member who's marching on the field would give up a lot to be able to hear the, and see the things that they do. And we get to see that all day, every day. And I'm really grateful for that. I think that's a huge perk. Like listening to Blue Coats Brass, that's so fun. I have two very specific and very stupid ones. First one is you get your own seat on the bus. You have two seats to yourself, which we call that a condominium. And it's great because then you can stretch out your legs and you can sit there and be all comfortable. And the second one is not having to perform and play your horn during 4th of July parades. I will tell you that was one of the best things, just getting to walk around and shake people's hands and wave and everything. It was solid. I want to point out. I did not have my own seat on the bus. Definitely really? should have taken advantage of that drum major perk there. Back in my day, I will be, I will be, taking, I will be taking notes for the next <laughs> two years. Right. Here, Mike Scott, I will press my own seat. <laughs> so what do you think are some misconceptions that, that people have, whether it's, you know, just, just fans or within the membership that you're leading? What do you think are some misconceptions people have about your job as a drum major? We've kind of touched on this, but there is a lot more to the job than just conducting, especially at a DCI level. The amount of time that I spent on like management and logistics was incredibly high. Um, so it is a very complex role and it's becoming more and more specialized. Like it's harder and harder for some 
random person to say, I want to be drum major and to do it, like you need more experience, you know, as time goes on. Um, and so I think that it's just, there's a lot more to it than just what we do on the field. I think one of the bigger things uh, for me was that we're not perfect, that, that we make mistakes all of the time. And it's, it's not just the drum major, but it's the entire drum corps as well. It's something that we talk about as an educational staff of making things look effortless. You shouldn't try and make something look hard. That when you come to a DCI show, you're amazed because these performers are achieving something that is so cool and they look like they're making it look really, really easy. When in fact, we have trained so hard and done so many reps of what we are doing that it sort of comes off as easy. But that by no means uh, or no ways means that we are perfect in any way, shape, or form. We make mistakes all of the time, and we beat ourselves about it up all the time. No, yeah, definitely. I, I agree 100% with Peyton and Willie said. It's, it's harder, too, because especially when we mess up as drum majors, you, like, have everyone else looking at you in a negative light at that moment, and then you have yourself beating yourself up. So you have, like, it's just, it's, un, it's like the worst feeling when you know you messed up a rep and you're like oh crap i just ruined a whole rep for us getting better and that's like a hard thing but yeah everything peyton willie said 100 percent hammond design is the exclusive mouthpiece manufacturer for the blue coats carl hammond is recognized by players all over the world for his commitment to excellence through superior craftsmanship and professionalism that's why blue coats trust hammond and why we feel you should get the experience of sound in hd Visit carlhammonddesign.com to get started. That's Carl with a K, hammonddesign.com. This podcast is funded in part by the sustaining members of The Shield. The Shield is a monthly giving society dedicated to protecting the future of bluecoats. Donors give monthly and support Bluecoats programs, and as a thank you, they receive insider access to content and special events. To become a sustaining member, visit bluecoats.com slash the shield. So since all three of you are also drum majors in high school, what would you say are the main differences between being a high school drum major and a drum major in DCI? So at least for me anyway an example i would use is my high my high school band director would have a list of like what we needed to do how to do it and our jobs were to help delegate that as much as possible but in the drum corps world we create that delegation so like the the staff will give us okay we need to do this and this and it's our job to figure out how to make that happen so we assign people to do you know this specific thing and make sure it gets done we sit there and we delegate that we're more hands-on and we have to do things that aren't asked of us 100 percent. like a staff member shouldn't be sitting there telling us what our job what we should be doing every step of the way like it's it's a little it's a little bit different more mature mentality i guess um than you would have you would in high school right i think uh david sort of spoke on this too it's if it's like a video game, right? Being a high school drum major is is level one of being a drum major. Being a, a DCI drum major really isn't that different. It's just all the skills that you did as a high school drum major, it's like now level 100 of those skills. It's the same stuff, just on a way more grand scale. And even if you look at the, the conducting patterns, you're conducting a, 
a four-four pattern, but now you're doing some five-eights and some six-eights, and then you throw all this other stuff, and you have to look at the drum speed over there, and now they're splitting into different pods. It's everything you usually did as a high school drum major, just now you're doing it to the nth degree. Yeah, and I think on top of that, and every high school experience is different, but at my high school, my band director was really hands-on in helping me learn how to conduct and how to manage ensemble timing and stuff like that. But I've never seen at a drum corps level like a drum major tech or like a staff member who's going to be paying attention to what you're doing and giving you a lot of, you know, tangible things that you could be fixing. They're not trying to educate you as much. There's still an educational portion, but it's a lot more you being able to self-reflect and self-analyze and fix problems on your own. Whereas I think in my experience in high school, I had a lot of people who, who would help me with that process. I guess also depending on the high school as well, even the way you rehearse could be different. So like in drum corps, the drum major listens from instruction from the box. And then we as drum majors find the best precise way to say the information relate to the drum corps to start the rep. And some high schools, you know, you have the band director who will usually just kind of do it hands on and then the drum majors will conduct or um, there's a certain type of rehearsal etiquette that you learn as a drum major in drum corps that may be high school level. But like Willie said, it, it's basically the same thing, just much harder in drum corps. <laughs> so what advice would you give to someone that's interested in auditioning to be a drum major for a drum corps? Think about how much you think you should prepare and then do that tenfold. Like prepare unbelievably for every possible situation. Um, like put in a lot of time beforehand. I think that's like a given for anything that you do in life, but especially in a position where you're in the hot seat a lot of times and you have to make a split second decision or do something quickly, adapt. It's important to think about all of that and what you might do in any situation preemptively. So that's one piece of advice I'd give. I would say just reach out to people. Like the, the worst thing that would happen if you were to, I mean, even contact one of us three or the if you sent a, a stock email to one of the, the drum course and say, hey, I'm looking for help with, with my conducting. Here's a video of me. Would you mind giving me some feedback? The worst thing that they're gonna say is, is no. And most of us aren't that way. We, we're gonna say no. If we get a, someone saying hey here's this thing they will like to say okay cool and shoot you off a couple sentences of of what we think and if you think about it there are so many resources at your fingertips that Peyton was talking about just get out there and, and practice it do what you can do what you think you should do and then keep doing that as much as you can with as much input from different people as you possibly can the some that was told to me when i was uh beginning to conduct and all this stuff is uh take video recordings of yourself conduct stop watch the video recording and then evaluate yourself because then doing that sort of separates the process of performance and evaluation and it separates it into performance stop put on a different hat and then evaluation because if something looks weird to you it's probably going to look weird to people on the field gotcha and so i guess some advice i could give is one audition at different places each core has its own culture and vibe and really you can learn from just going to some camps which ones you enjoy the most also working your way up isn't a bad thing too like a lot of people start and they try to shoot for the top 12. it's great to have a dream core or a goal core that you want to make but a lot of us 
worked our, our way up. So it's okay to do DCA. It's okay to do DCI open class. Like they're, they're not bad chords. They all sound good. People have this notion where like, because it's not top 12, the drum core is not good, but that's just incorrect. You can gain just as much doing those cores as you could doing top 12. And I guess the biggest piece of advice I could give you guys is it's okay to get a no for auditions. The goal there is to learn from the audition that you were at. So take constructive criticism, ask questions when you're there, learn how you could grow. Because at the end of the day, how you take that no could be what rises you up or it could be your downfall, essentially. And I could tell you how many places, I've been cut from so many places. I know um, Peyton and I have been cut from the same places before and still have past drum majors, it's funny. <laughs> so like, I wouldn't be the conductor, the leader I am today if it weren't going through those experiences and that journey. Like I would not have changed one single one. Um, it, yes, the no's are gonna hurt. It's not gonna ha be a good feeling, but you can, you're, you'll grow from that and you'll learn and you'll get better. And like I said, working from the bottom up, you can get that experience because they love when you have experience auditioning in top 12. They don't wanna put a rookie, they don't want a rookie in charge of like running the whole drum corps who's never experienced what it's like being a drum corps. That's just like a truth, like a dead truth. But I mean, some people can, some people catch on. I mean, I'm not saying that's like the situation for everyone, but you are more likely be looked at if you have more experience prior to auditioning for a top 12 drum corps, if that makes sense to you guys. Yeah. Thanks to that. So for, for some of the younger people out there that are, are still in high school and, you know, maybe freshman, sophomore, something like that, that are looking at uh, being interested in, in being a drum major in their high school. Obviously, you know, we've talked a little bit about already about the differences and things like that. But, you know, for the younger people, what, if any, advice would be different than what you've already said that would be uh, you think be beneficial for, for someone that young that's just looking to become a drum major at their own high school? I would say getting getting your mechanics absolutely sound from uh, your tempo maintenance to your actual patterns. I mean, it it is a different skill just as in marching or playing your instrument is a different skill. And you can't expect to just pick it up overnight. It's something that you're going to have to have dedicated practice time towards. Little games like when you're driving around in your car and you're listening to music, if you can do it safely, tap your finger on the steering wheel, turn the song off, keep tapping your finger, and then five seconds later, turn the volume back on and see if you're still tapping with the same tempo that the song is going. Find little games like that where you can practice in your daily life to get the skills that you think you will need as a drum major so that when you go to the audition, everything is great. Another lesson that a lot of high school leaders, including drum majors, have to learn is the idea of servant leadership. And the role of drum major isn't this great title that now it shows that you're super special because you're the drum major. But it's this role that requires a lot of sacrifice and a lot of doing the dirty work so that everyone else can have an easier time so they don't have to. Um, so just there's a lot of videos and resources out there talking about servant leadership. That's something that I would start to look into if I were to go back and like work my way into a high school drum major role again, just that concept of servant leadership, serving from the bottom. For me, I guess, because William Payton said great stuff, I would say be confident when going to your audition. And a big thing is like interviews are pretty big because um, a lot can be said. A band director knows how you were in the previous seasons. So it's like 
interview is only a small portion, but in that interview, a lot of kids go in nervous and stuff like that. But the biggest thing for me is interview wise, don't give answers that you think your band director would want to hear because they can, <laughs> a lot of kids will come up with things that they think their professor or teacher would want to hear for, um, to, to get the position. But really, if you are more genuine and create more unique responses than the basic ones, you can make that more personable. Um, and an example you can use is like make goals or talk about how you could go about executing those specific goals. I don't know, making just going that extra step to show that you're thinking as a leader and that you're wanting to be seen as a leader rather than just being like, I think I'll be a drum major because, you know, it looks cool and I think it'll be fun type of thing. I don't know. And if and if you're honest, if you're that type of person to be like, that's the reason I want to be drum major when they ask you, then that's cool too. But as long as you're being yourself and not trying to be like a robot, then I think it'll work out better for you. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. As the the educator, you know, put my band director hat back on and it's very obvious when a, a student is not being fully truthful and they're they're trying to basically just tell you what they think you want to hear. And you know, I when I was still teaching, I would talk to my students often where I would ask them a question like that and they start just giving these these answers that I can tell they're just trying to look like teacher's pet or they they want to look right. And and usually none of the answers are actually what I'm looking for. And and you know, I think during my teaching career I always try to be very, very honest with my kids, whether it was good, bad, anything like that. And I think they learn from that over time. But, you know, there would often get to points where I would just be like, I would ask a question. And I'd be getting these random answers where they were just trying to kiss up. And I'm like, I right, stop. And I'm like, so what's the right answer? And then they'll say, you know, like, give one thing. And I was like, no, no. And then, like, you can tell the one kid that knows exactly what I'm wanting to hear at that point. And I'll just say, just what's the right answer? And they're like, whatever the truth is. Exactly. If I say, hey, do you understand that? And they're like, oh, yes, yes, yes. And, and then there's still just, you know, a dumpster fire. Obviously, they don't understand it. The answer was no. I can't do my job as a teacher if you're lying to me, you know, just as they can't get better at, at their instruments or their craft if I'm lying to them. And so, you know, the the importance of just be honest, because, you know, if you're telling all of these, these little white lies and just tell them what you think you want to hear, eventually you're going to get to a point where you're going to say what you think your teacher wants to hear and it's absolutely not and then you're like oh, I should have just told the truth because that's actually what they wanted and you know and yeah that that whole honesty part I think is is super duper important so yeah, I've uh, noticed those, that in uh I'm, I'm actually a calculus teacher by day and then do marching band later but I've noticed that especially in the classroom it's you get those kids who are just nodding and saying yeah 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 and then they say they understood it but it's it's literally going in one ear out the other and if you can be that drum major that really gives what your why is and always proves what that why is. It's it's so valuable. Yeah, I always I always tell I, it's funny because I always tell drum majors, especially if they're in rehearsal and like for instance if like they miss information because it happens to drum majors all the time, they'll just continue to they'll be like I'm gonna start this rep even though I don't know the instruction and I'm like it's okay to be like hey can you repeat the instruction for me. And then they'll repeat it for you and you don't won't waste a rep. And it, it's funny because even as drum majors, people like Willie said before, we're not perfect. So we might miss information. But as long as you're asking and you're staying on top of that, you'll be fine. What is anything else that you believe is important about that people should know about the role of being a drum major that we haven't really discussed yet? I think one thing it's come to my attention the further uh, or the more involved I've gotten in the marching arts and being a drum major. 
there is such a wide variety of conducting styles and philosophies just within like the drum major realm and I've seen schools who literally the drum major just is time that's it you're just keeping time and then I've seen ensembles where it's all about musical expression and there's very little time evident in the conducting and I think for most people it's somewhere in between that hopefully but I think as a high school drum major, I didn't realize that there was that much variety and I wish that I would have gotten more information from other drum majors and just like sought out more resources and outside information to really decide what I wanted my conducting to look like. And I think a lot of times drum majors tend to err on the side of time and no musical expression. And so I would encourage drum majors starting earlier, once you've got the time thing down, explore that kind of musical expression outlet of field conducting more yeah i would definitely also watch a lot of drum majors like go on youtube and spend time just seeing what different things people do and some things you might not like that people do and some things you do and if you do like it take that and put it in your pocket and like save it because essentially every drum major because you'll see some certain drum majors you'll be like that's like their style of conducting you know that's just them but what they have done is they've taken things that they've seen and they liked and they kind of created their own style using a mix of things they've learned. And so that's essentially what you have to do as a new drum major coming in or even if you're a current drum major to broaden your um, horizons with that type of stuff. Look, look for things that you see, even if you're at a competition uh, or something like that, watching other drum majors saying, oh, my gosh, I like what they just did. I'm going to try to use that sometime. That's so beneficial. Music educators do that all the time where they might see things that they like. They'll use tools and just communicating with other drum majors, like talking, asking them what they've gone through, having those talks, finding ways of on the podium stuff, but learning ways to do stuff off the podium. So just talking with people and learning, hey, what did you do to make this process easier? And it's all about communicating and talking and finding out that information and doing the research. It's all preparation. A lot of the drum major role is preparation. Once you have it all set, you're Gucci. I think for, for me, it was, it was an awareness game of constantly knowing what's going on. One of the skills that I love that I felt like I was able to take away from drum corps was being able to listen to one conversation behind me, whether it was uh, whoever was running a rehearsal, and still having a pulse of the members on the field or listening to someone over there. And the, the idea of like active communication, right? When we talk to people, so many times we're constantly thinking in a conversation, what am I gonna say next in this conversation? What am I gonna say next? And you're, you're not really listening to what the person is saying. And that's, that's not communication. Having that awareness to just listen, stop, process what they say, and then say something to them is, is so, so vital to being a drum major and actually hearing and understanding the people around you. Well, I, I don't know if Tim, Tim is still there in the background, if there's any questions that have been asked, if uh, he wants to uh, let us know. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, okay. I was going to say no, but then somebody just typed one in. Awesome. So perfect timing for the question. This is an interesting one. It's for Willie. Um, I, I still claim that Willie probably gets, you know, mauled in traffic malls yeah. and, and, and uh, you know, shopping malls. And I, I can't speak. Never mind. <laughs> we all know what a celebrity you are, Willie. Anyway, Willie, which do you enjoy more, marching trumpet 
or being a drum major? Oof. Um, uh, probably being drum major. I think that's that's one of the easier choices. I, I loved getting to march, but just from a physicality demand, and, and no drum major will ever compare their, their physical demand of their show to the actual members on the field. It's a lot easier. You don't have to sweat as much. You don't have to <laughs> run around. Your resets are basically there. You don't have to do anything. Your dot is one dot. You don't have to memorize anything like that. So uh, I love that drum major role, especially for what, what Peyton said earlier. There's so many times that you don't get to see the show that you are performing. And as a drum major, you are constantly there. The reason we fell in love with drum corps was going to the shows and seeing those shows. So being the drum major, you fall in love with drum corps every single rep you do, whether it's a, a visual rep and you're getting to see all the intricacies of the drill and choreography, or if you're just getting to listen to all the awesome compositions, you, you get to be the fan and the member at the exact same time. There's, there's nothing wrong with the marching part, but being drum major has its perks. It's like magical too, because it's like you get to the point where like in high as a high school drum major, no one ever watches you, right? So like <laughs> once you get to drum corps, that's like they follow you every step of the way, no matter what you do. It's so awesome. It's like so cool. I don't know. It's just a super cool experience knowing that they are actually watching and you can it's it's like an art. You can be expressive and they'll they'll respond. I have one question, if, if we have time, Bob, if you don't mind, one last thing I wanted to know. I want to know if each of you have like one moment that you will never forget or one special moment that you've had on the podium or with the core. I know I didn't prepare them for this at all, so I'm sort of throwing you out at the last minute. But like, I just wondered if you had something that you're like, I'll never forget this moment when I was on being being a drum major and this happened. I mean, I feel like the obvious answer is after the finals performance. Like that feeling, especially last year in 2019, is really cool. But I'm gonna avoid the obvious answer and say at one of the Blue Coats home shows, we always do this really big encore. And at this particular event, this was in 2019, so I was wearing my little polka dotted suit, but they brought one of the old helmets. And so I got to like put the helmet on and do a salute, which I never got to do in the show either. And so it's like having that moment of like, oh, this is like the blue coats that I saw, you know, when I was watching from the stands and now I get to be a part of that and the new blue coats. That was really cool. For me, I think uh, any time in 2014 when we got to sing Hymn of Axiom, there is there's specific places. And I think the, one of the shows that the show that Peyton was talking about, that home show at Massillon, we sang Hymn of Axiom as one of the encore performances. I think one of our on a free day, as soon as we all got off the bus, all the horn line got together and we just decided, hey, there's a bunch of people around. Let's be performers. Let's sing him of Axiom right here. That was such a, a powerful song and such a powerful movement in that production that anytime we got to perform it in a different setting, it would it was it was magical because in the in the brass world we do the, the breezing buzz every single morning. And that's what we sang pretty much every single morning that we got together with each other. So you would think you'd get tired of that, but you didn't. It was always fun, and it was always a great way to connect with each other and continue to perform our art. For me, besides the obvious answer of, you know, finals, um, I think it was Little Rock. I can't remember. All, the, all of them start to, like, morph together. We, it was the first time we were performing Hey Jude on the field. Um, it was a transition from Part 5 to Hey Jude, and, like, that the, I just smiled the whole rehearsal. I was just smiling, like grinning from ear to ear. I couldn't not smile the first time, especially the first rep we did, just 
playing it full out, that was, I, I don't know, something just, it was it was crazy. Because even the, the, the brass line, they were all like, whoa, this is amazing. Because it was the first time we brought it all together from the rehearsals, because um, everyone rehearses individually, and full ensemble happened. And I was like, man, I just don't want this rehearsal to end. It was like the fastest rehearsal that went by, and it was the most magical one. And I just will never forget that that rehearsal in general. Awesome. Bob, I think it's awesome that you're doing this. Thanks for sharing a podcast recording with us. And the drum majors, you guys were wonderful. Like, what great information. And I appreciate how candid you were and honest about everything. I really I thought that was terrific. Everybody that's watching this live or recording later, there are three more Blue Coats webinars in this Blue Coats webinar day, including a conversation next with me and Michael Rayford about set design, which I think everybody was, thinks, of course, the Blue Coat sets are always super extra cool. I really want one of those giant green chairs in my backyard, but I haven't got one yet. I'm working on that. And there's going to be information there about how you can do it this evening. Also, how music and choreography come together. Jesus, anybody do that better than the blue coat? So I think I would. I would like to know how they do it. So there's lots of great information. So Bob and Peyton and David and Willie, thank you guys so much. Great job today. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Everybody have a great day. Thank you. Well, that'll wrap it up for another episode. Thank you to Tim Hinton with Marching Arts Education for organizing this DCI Summer of Learning. You can check out all of the other episodes featuring staff and performers from the Bluecoats at marchingartseducation.com slash bluecoats or by clicking on the link in the episode description. So don't forget to vote in the finals of our Best Bluecoats Ballad Contest and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes of the Bluecoats Brass Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Blue Coats Brass Podcast. Please tell your friends about our podcast and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. If you have any topics you'd like to suggest or questions for us to answer in future episodes, please email us at brasspodcast at bluecoats.com. You can catch us on Instagram at bluecoats or at bluebrass, spelled B-L-O-O brass. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at the handle bluecoats. To learn more about the Bluecoats organization and all of its offerings, visit us on the web at bluecoats.com. Our podcast is made possible in part from the support of Hammond Design, the official mouthpiece designer and manufacturer of the Bluecoats Drum and Bugle Corps. As a performance partner of the Bluecoats, we trust HD with our sound and we think you should too. Learn more at carlhammonddesign.com to get started. That's Carl with a K, HammondDesign.com.